You're listening to the NetDocuments Cloudcast with Stephen and Mike. Here we talk everything NetDocuments, along with relevant events and technology, and a few other things sprinkled in. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the NetDocuments Cloudcast, Episode 4. We're very excited for all of you that are joining us today uh, and are excited to dive into another amazing topic, a very heavy-hitting topic that's uh, on everyone's mind not just today, but for a long time now. What we're going to talk about today is security in an insecure world. With me today, I've got uh, the famous Mike Sanders. Hey there, Mike. How are you doing today? Hey, Stephen. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. Awesome. Glad glad you came back to join me today because this is going to be a topic that I know you have uh, some amazing experience in, in a good way, protecting people and helping be, pe- people be secure and so I'm excited to hear your your input on these on the topic. Well, I hope so. But before we get into that, did you just say this is our fourth episode? Are we up to four? You believe that? I, I'm afraid someone's this allowing may, us. This may be a trend. Someone's allowing us to keep making these. I don't know who, but they are. <laughs> or nobody's listening and complaining. Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> <laughs> that could be it too. That could be it too. No, this this is great. I, I can't believe we are on episode number four and. Uh, I'm excited to see where these keep going because each each topic we dive into just gets more and more interesting. You know, it's it's stuff that you and I have talked about for years outside of a podcast, and it's fun to be able to talk about them again within our podcast. And I know I learn new things every time I get to talk with you, Mike. So it's fun for well, me. Well, I, I I learn new things as well talking with people, and and that's how some of these topics come to be. And you know, along those lines. Just for those three or four listeners that are out there, if there's a topic that you want to request, you want to hear us talk on, wax poetic. Now, it cannot be Barbara Streisand, although we could talk about fishing. I think you're pretty good. <laughs> hey, I just want to call out for all the users or all the all the listeners out there, all three listeners, Mike brought up Barbara this time. That Mike <laughs> brought her back into the circle this time. It was not me. Well, we have to continue the, the tradition, right? <laughs> but anyway, if you have a topic that you'd like to hear us talk about, or if you have questions, or you just want to reach out to us and say, Stephen and Mike, you're doing a great job. Keep it up. Stephen, how do they do that? Oh, there's a nice little email out there, info at netdocuments.com. To repeat, info at netdocuments.com. Send us all your feedback, ideas, suggestions, topics, anything, any inf- interesting information you want to know about any, either of us. Send it to that email, info at netdocuments.com, and we are listening. Okay, now we're ready to get into our topic of the day. Perfect. So, security in an insecure world. You know, I'm so excited to be able to talk about this today because as technology is moving forward, as the cloud is becoming more and more adopted, not just in legal, but in organizations all across the world, this is the thing that everyone should have at the forefront of their minds. But as we're talking about law firms, one of the really interesting things that we always need to keep in mind, why are law firms being the center of some of these cybersecurity or just security attacks in general? And it's really important to always remember law firms hold so much confidential information about many, many things. And so because of this, Law firms in particular, not just, I mean, obviously it's important for every organization, but law firms in particular need to make sure that they are sufficiently prepared for the worst because that confidential information is everything to firms across the world. And we want to make sure that NetDocuments as a document management system, 
as an email management system, as a cloud platform, gives you the sufficient preparations in order to prepare for the worst, should it happen. And you know, Mike, you, you mentioned to me uh, just recently that you were involved in a heavy conversation um, around what happened at DLA Piper last year. Can you share with me some of the things uh, about the conversations you've had recently? Absolutely. And actually, it wasn't a conversation, but I was at an event down in Australia just a few weeks ago. In fact, it was the InPlace Solutions 2018 conference, Taking IT to the Cloud. Got to give a little plug to uh, InPlace Solutions there, one of our great partners. But they had a security and governance and cybersecurity, et cetera, panel where they had several people from different organizations, whether they were security organizations or one of the members of this panel is Dylan James, who was the head of IT Australia for DLA Piper. And it was just very, very riveting to hear him tell the story of what happened and some of the measures that they took to then bring things back up and, and get the firm going again. It was just stunning some of the things that happened. So really what, uh, and I'm just going to paraphrase, I'm not going to go word for word, otherwise we'd be here for a while. And I don't remember everything you said, but it, back in June of 2017, what happened is they have an office in Ukraine. Someone in that office had clicked on something they shouldn't have. And what was interesting is this virus this malware that they thought initially was ransomware, where they could pay a ransom and get things back, which was not the case. It was more of a business disruption type of malware where there was no way to recover in those methods. And so someone in their Ukraine office clicked on this little item. And as soon as they did, it just got infected and spread. In fact, one of the things that Dylan had said was they have several different data centers all over the world. This virus spread across all of their data centers worldwide. It literally took the firm down completely. All of their data centers were down. That includes all of their email, their document management, their voice over IP systems, any of their electronic systems that were networked together were completely shut down. And DLA Piper, you know, they're not they're not new to the game. In fact, they're they're cybersecurity experts. And and one of the things that Dylan said was they have disaster recovery procedures, but those disaster recovery procedures were based upon not all of their data centers going down at the same time. In this particular case, unfortunately, they all went down. What he said is they, they then had to prioritize the different systems that were down with email being one of the top priorities for them. And they worked to get email back up and they had to go to backups and backups of backups and, and other things. And one of the interesting things that I saw as because after he talked about that, I went ahead and, and researched a little bit more on the Internet and someone had taken a picture in one of the DLA Piper offices. I don't remember which office it was, but there's a big whiteboard. And it says, this was handwritten on this whiteboard. It says, attention DLA employees, all network services are down. Do not, underline capitalized, turn on your computers. Please remove all laptops from docking stations and keep them turned off, no exceptions. So they were absolutely in crisis mode in we've got to do everything we can to recover our systems. Now, in the end, I think it took two days 
to get email back up. So in the meantime, they had some of their attorneys were contacting their clients and saying, hey, we've had a major disaster here at the firm. Do you mind if I communicate you communicate with you using my personal email, whether it was a Gmail or something else? And they would use their personal cell phones to make those calls just during that that short period of time. In the end, I think it took him about four days to get all of the critical systems back up. And according to Dylan, that they they still have some things that, that are not quite back up and running because of all the offices they had worldwide. Each office has particular applications that are unique to them, and those are definitely lower on the priority scale. And they're still kind of going through and sorting things out on, on some of those. Now, they've been up and running since then. And kudos to DLA Piper that they haven't hidden this information. In fact, they've gone out and spoke. This is not the only place where DLA Piper has spoken. There have been other events where they've talked about some of the lessons that they have learned, some of the things that they are going to do differently as well. The last interesting thing that I'll talk about, Dylan absolutely recommended that firms go now and get cyber insurance. DLA Piper was two weeks away from signing an agreement for cyber insurance when this thing broke out. It's never good timing, but to have it so close to having that done, it, uh, it, it, was, it was quite the story. Very interesting lessons learned. And one of the things that I was thinking about is, and, and Stephen, I'm going to pose this question to you. You and I know how NetDocuments works. We know some of the mm-hmm. the security infrastructure that's in place. If DLA Piper, or in this case, some other law firm, let's say it's a NetDocuments customer, what would happen to their NetDocuments service if they had been attacked by something like this? And by the way, for those listening, I haven't prepped Stephen, so he's going to kind of answer <laughs> off the cuff here, and uh, and let's see where we can go with this. Leave it to you, Mike, to put me on the spot. I love it. No, I, it's it's a fantastic question. You know, it's kind of like what you mentioned already. It's absolutely amazing that DLA Piper has been so uh, forthcoming and open and honest about their their attack that they experienced last year because it helps so many other firms prepare for the worst, uh, be able to learn from that experience. And you know, when we talk about net documents and when we talk about the preparations, net documents been preparing for this, preparing for the worst for a very long time now. And we're going to go through the net document security story in segment two. Uh, there's your little your little cliffhanger to make sure that you stay tuned after the break. But when we talk about that security story, a couple of things to keep in mind. When we talk about a DR protocol, net documents, I've worked with a number of firms to help set up their DR protocol. And net documents helps you reduce the amount of time, reduce the amount of steps that you have in your DR protocol because we handled it all for you. Let's say you were to receive a cybersecurity attack and your systems, your environment, your network were to go offline. Well, there's a couple of things that come into play there. First of all, those attacks can never reach the net document service because of the way our architecture is designed, because of the, the amount of time and the maturity in our platform that exists, the system, net documents, data centers will continue to operate. And what that means for you is even if you're unable to get to your, if you have that whiteboard message, don't turn on any of your computers, your staff and your employees, your attorneys can still be able to access the net documents environment. If you have that DR policy in place to say, you can still get to the service, you're just going to authenticate this way, or you have another protocol to go through and get access to your content. 
And then the third thing that's really important about what NetDocuments offers, not just will the service stay intact and the service be up, but there will be no widespread effect on your documents. Your content is still in, is still secured. That confidential information is still behind that NetDocuments iron curtain, if you will. And that's where it's so important when you're considering these conversations, when you're preparing for the worst, the maturity of the platform, giving you that global access based upon your authentication requirements and giving you the security and the protections from the amount of attacks, the massive attacks that are coming around in the cyber world, protecting you from that. Mike, did I answer the question all right? I think you did. I, I think you did. So, so very well. You're going to have me back on the next podcast. You promise? Uh, I wouldn't go that far yet. Well, you have to prove yourself the rest of this episode. <laughs> Excellent. Well, guys, as I mentioned, little teaser for you: when you come, when we come back from this break, we are actually going to dive into the Net Document Security story. So, don't go anywhere. Welcome back to the second segment of our episode today. Hopefully you're still with us. As Stephen mentioned, we are going to talk about the security of the NetDocument system. In fact, the NetDocument security story. Now, there's lots of aspects about NetDocuments and security. For those who have been fortunate to hear our CTO, Alvin Tejimulia, well, you definitely, his descriptions, his presentations are one of those things that uh, sometimes are once in a lifetime. Fortunately for Stephen and I, you know, for me, it's been about 50 times in a lifetime, but I love it every time. <laughs> Stephen's probably about 20, 25, maybe 30 or so, but, but it's, it's got some really good information. And what we want to do is we don't want to get as technical or as in-depth as Alvin does, but we'd like to, for those who are still listening, we'd like to give you some type of comfort that NetDocuments has taken security seriously that we have appropriate safeguards in place, things that we do as well as things that you can do from your side. So we're gonna break down the NetDocuments security story into probably three different general categories. So I think first of all, we're gonna start off with physical security, talking a little bit about data centers, about how NetDocuments operates, et cetera. Then the second point we'll talk about is application level security. So this is security embedded within the application that NetDocuments manages. You simply inherit, and there's nothing for you to do on that side. And then the last point that we'll focus on is customer-managed security. So these are options that you have within the NetDocuments system where you can tighten up or loosen up security based upon your needs, your business processes, etc. So that's what we're going to talk about this second segment of our podcast today. And hopefully it's got some useful information. And as always, if you have questions about anything that we discuss in this episode, go ahead and just send us an email, info at netdocuments.com, and we'll respond. Perhaps we'll even use that in an upcoming podcast. So Stephen, let's dive in. Let's, let's start Excellent. talking about physical security in net documents. You want to lead us off here? Yeah, absolutely. So, and one of the important things to note, you know, when we're talking about the security story of net documents, in particular, physical security is and I know we've we've already talked about these a couple of times uh, on our previous podcast for those three or four listeners out there that have been with us since day one. You've heard this for those of you that are just joining us today, listeners maybe maybe 5 and 6, maybe 
this is something that will continue to come back in as we talk about NetDocuments Cloud. And it's the security certifications that we hold. These are certifications that we have sought out and received regular audits on to make sure that our physical security meets the code, meets the standards to make sure that you are protected. These certifications include the ISO 27001, 27018, the SOC 2, SOC 2 Type 2 Plus, all these certifications that are out there that we want to have because we want you to have those as well when you use our security platform. And so from a physical security standpoint, those certifications absolutely apply to it. But what do they mean? What's the underlying message of those certifications? Well, one of them is, again, at the, uh, when we're talking about security, this should be at the front most area of importance, is that no one can access your data but you. And that includes NetDocuments employees. We have the system set up and designed that the, the customer data can only ever be accessed through what I like to call your front door. And you are the only one that has the key to your front door. And so any type of customer data access is completely restricted uh, by everyone and including NetDocuments employees. And as we talk about that, even within your organization, you know, yeah, there is this, the systems administrator of NetDocuments employees on our side that can access your data, but even from an administrative side within your front door, within your office, within your organization, there is full segregation of responsibilities, different levels of administration rights, different levels of, of where content is stored and managed and organized, so that there's never any any way for someone, even an admin to the system, to access your content, access your data, without you specifically giving them the ability to do so. Along those lines of segregation of responsibilities, everything you said is absolutely 100% correct. But there are many companies that, as they think cloud, they think, well, wait, that means that NetDocuments has access to my content. That means that NetDocuments has to manage the hardware. They have to manage it, set, manage everything about the system. So the law firm loses that control, and that is correct. From a security standpoint, when we talk about segregation of responsibilities, not only are we talking about segregation of responsibilities within the law firm, within our customers, but we also talk about segregation of responsibilities within net documents within our internal company. As an example of that is we've got a very robust, very large development team. Obviously, the developers have access to code. Everything that they do, everything that they touch is on our internal test system. So as they code, they make changes to the test system, which is completely separate and independent from the production system. That code, as it gets finished, as development finishes their testing, then gets put into a system, an, an automated deployment system. And our IT engineers manage that automated deployment system. So they then deploy it to our a second test system, which is a little bit more public facing. Some of our customers may have heard of Preview, which is where we can give them access, early access to code, but it's not the same system as the production system. And so our QA department will do all of their testing on this, I would call it a, a mid-tier testing system. It's independent from the development system. It's independent from the production system. QA does not have access to the code, but they have access to thousands of automated tests where they go through and they have the specs. This is what this enhancement is supposed to do. So they run tests. They write test scripts. 
to go through and test those new enhancements, plus do all the backwards compatibility and let's make sure it didn't break something else. Then once that has been signed off, our IT engineers once again use that automated deployment system. So the engineers are the ones that are moving it from one system to another, but realize the IT engineers do not have access to the code. So they can't go and do something malicious. They simply have access to the tools that move the code back and forth. So when we talk segregation of responsibilities, Talk to your vendor. Net Documents has gone through and delineated. You can do this, but not this. That's part of the secu security certifications that you had mentioned earlier, the ISO 2701, the ISO 2718, is some of that security, not only is it on the security of the system itself, but it's on the security of the processes. Do we actually do what we say we do? Yeah, that's huge, Mike. Thank you for bringing that up because, yeah, from a segregation of responsibilities, it's not just internal for the customer, but it is the processes that we follow as a company in development to make sure that it also is secured, right, from that physical application development process. But even outside of that, from the software from development side, the hardware, what about the hardware? We make sure that all of our data centers are that tier three, tier four level of security. And in fact, Mike, I don't know if you've been able to tour any of these data centers. I know I have, and it's one of the most impressive things I've ever seen in my life from a sheer level of brute force. I mean, you walk in there and there's there's heavily armed guards, the, the fences that surround the data centers. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you, if I was going to put my family in a secure zone during the Armageddon, I'm going to go find one of these data centers just because of that security that they have to protect the contents and the, the, the stuff that's being stored inside. Let's hope it doesn't um, come to that, Stephen. I hope, I hope we never have an Armageddon, but if it does, I know where I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> and then the last thing is just the perimeter defense from the actual connectivity to the data centers. You know, having the ability to have multi-level firewalls, the denial of service protection mechanisms in place. I mean, and the list goes on, load balancers, uh, DMZ hosting of all the web servers, you know, all these type of conversations. This is where we talk about what was mentioned in the first segment, which is if something were to happen, this perimeter defense prevents the service from ever being impacted by that. And so when we talk about the physical security of net documents, all of those layers come into play, and those, again, are all validated by those security certifi uh, certifications. I'm gonna, so then the next, I'm going to yeah, take go you ahead, back Mike. a little bit to our, to our episode two, where we talked about cloud washing, a, a true multi-tenant cloud with shared architecture versus something that isn't that. All of this stuff that we're talking about, so we talk about segregation of responsibilities, we talk about security certifications, we talk about the perimeter defense. Because we are a multi-tenant shared infrastructure environment, we only have to do it once per service location. And yes, we do have three service locations, but it's almost a cookie cutter implementation from one to the next. So all of our defenses for DDoS protection mechanisms, it's the same across all the data centers. It's the same across all the service locations. So we really can focus on enhancing that security and then it applies to everything that's out there regarding that documents. Well, that's a great discussion over the first aspect of the security story of net documents, which is the physical security. So it revolves around data centers. It revolves around internal processes at net documents. What I'd like to do is transition us now 
let's talk more about the application NetDocuments itself and some things that NetDocuments does to ensure that, that the service is as security conscious as possible. So let me give you a couple examples here. You know, one of the things that we we mentioned, I think we had a press release either earlier this year or late last year was the release of our encryption key management solution, specifically related to our customer managed encryption key solution. This solution, while it's been present internally within that documents for a little while, now has been exposed and externalized where our, our customers can now manage encryption keys on all content, regardless of where in NetDocuments it's stored. NetDocuments internally, we use a device called a hardware security module. This is a device that was designed specifically for the storage of encryption keys. In fact, there's a particular certification that applies to this. It's called FIPS 140-2 Level 3. That's a lot of words, but really, really, what does that mean? So it means a couple of things. Number one, and we're getting into some really cool Mission Impossible type stuff. If someone goes to the actual device and tries to break it open, the encryption keys dissolve. It's tamper proof. You can't go in and grab the keys. However, let's say somebody, we had some collusion here and maybe a couple of people were able to export some of those encryption keys. The other part of this certification, or another part, I should say, is that these encryption keys that were generated and stored within this HSM cannot be used in any other HSM. So it's not like I could pull it out of a NetDocuments HSM, go put it in mine, and then use that to decrypt content within NetDocuments. It's a very powerful, a very rigorous certification. And the hardware security model, modules used within the service are all FIPS 140-2 Level 3 certified. So it provides a very, very strong encryption. Now, as we continue to talk about encryption, we've got multi-layered encryption. So it's not just a single encryption key. There are multiple encryption keys used. And if you're interested, if you'd like to know more, info at netdocuments.com. We'd be more than happy to talk to you kind of offline or more on a on a one-on-one -on -one type scenario rather than on a, a public venue like this. But it's a very, very impressive security story. And that's just one aspect of the security story. In conjunction with the encryption that we have is we look at how content is stored within NetDocuments. So there's a lot of different things. Some providers may actually go out and use a SAN or use a NAS to be able to store that much content. And NetDocuments for a while, we actually did that, but we started to run out of space. The SAN and the NAS is not scalable to the level where we are at. And in fact, just recently, or maybe in the past year or so, we've recently eclipsed over 7 billion objects stored within the NetDocuments platform. So that's B, billion with a B, that, that, that's a lot of stuff. And those typical Amazing. file storage systems just they're not scalable to something at that level. And so we use a method that is scalable, that is cloud technology, that in fact, we're prepared to store over a trillion objects in the system. So we still have a ways to grow before we start having to rethink how we've stored this. But the data is stored in a way that our network engineers, as they go and apply security patches, or as they go and provide service enhancements or product updates, that the data is not stored in your traditional folder structure. 
it's stored in a non-enumerated structure, meaning it's not a folder structure that I can just go browse and look and, oh, this looks cool, let me go open it. So in addition to the encryption that's on every single item, things are obfuscated, so it's not plain and simple. What am I looking at? In fact, I can't browse and go from folder to subfolder to subfolder, et cetera. So it's really designed with your security in mind. Even if someone were to somehow break into the data center, in spite of all the, the multi-layer firewalls, the intrusion detection systems, all of that, if someone were to get in, there's really nothing that they could do to get at specific data. They could even grab a handful of, of data that they somehow could find, but that would not do them any good because of the multiple layers of encryption and how the data is stored within the system. Now, there's one other thing that I want to talk about regarding this application level security. Remember, this is built in. There's nothing that our customers, our clients need to do in order to get this type of security infrastructure. And as we go back and talk about DLA Piper, the fact that they had a ransomware attack and that their documents were encrypted. Well, Net Documents does a daily snapshot of anything new saved in the system or anything that had changed during the prior 24 hours. So let's say that I got some ransomware on my computer and I didn't know, and I went ahead and saved three or four documents into the system. Net Documents would detect, hey, these three or four documents have changed. So it would make a snapshot of what was there before. And so in this case, if, say, a week later I go to try and open the document and all of a sudden, oh, no, it's corrupted. I can't get to it because of the, the ransomware, the malware on the document itself, my administrator has the ability to go in to our online administration console and say, for this document, I'm going to type in the document number, and now I get a list of all of the different snapshots that are available for that specific document. My administrator can then go roll back that document to a particular date in time, and all of a sudden, I've got access to my data again. Even though we may get hit with something like that, the impact would be minimal and very recoverable without having to do a lot of manual processes or go to backup tapes or various things like that. So, Stephen, did I miss anything on the application no. level security? Uh, you covered everything beautifully, Mike. And I, I, I mean, just to add to that, like you said, this is where we start to get into the uh, the Mission Impossible, or I, I like to say Star Wars as well, because it just really seems out of this world when we're talking about application level security. This Great. this is next generation stuff. This is stuff that has never been thought of before in any other platform and any other cloud provider, let alone on-premise. I mean, you think about what we're doing in the cloud and uh, this technology hasn't even been available in, in other realms as well. And so it really is so futuristic preparing and, and going back to that initial topic, preparing for the worst, getting your preparations in place so that if, heaven forbid, something should happen, you're ready for it. And the, the final piece to this, the final, I guess, layer that we should talk about is what you are in charge of, the customer managed security. Not you, Mike, but the customers, our listeners out there, what you're in charge of. I was worried there have... for a second. If I was in charge of it, then we're all in trouble. <laughs> Everyone, Mike's cell phone number, you can email me at info at netdocuments.com and he will manage your security. <laughs> hey, now. <laughs> But, but in all seriousness, you know, thinking about what you have control over, one of the first and foremost things is it has to be authentication. 
Because, yeah, all these application-level securities, the perimeter defenses, all that comes into place. But you have to make sure that who is getting through that front door is who they actually say they are when authentication is challenged. And how do we do that? How do we build that into the system? Well, there's a couple of ways. The first thing to always take in consideration is make sure just from the network standpoint or the device standpoint that who is hitting the service, who is hitting on, knocking on your front door is coming in from the right place. And you can do that by having IP address restrictions. You can put a digital certificate requirement on the device. If you have Active Directory, you can use that directory to verify that who they are and then provide an automated login functionality, all making sure that that authentication is challenged appropriately. And then taking it to a next level. There are identity providers in the cloud today that have some of the most advanced authentication requirements that you can find. And that's where Net Documents wants to allow you to use those advanced authentication modules, such as single sign-on or multi-factor authentication, geo-aware authentication parameters. And Net Documents allows you to hook into that identity provider using what we call federated identity, essentially handing off your Net Documents authentication to all of those challenges, all those authentication challenges that you have to have in place to meet your, your organization's requirements so that the people authenticating against the Net Documents service against your customer's data is actually who they say they are. And let's, so authentication. And, and let's not forget the, the whole mobile story as well. When you're Absolutely. talking iOS devices, Android devices, not only do they follow those same types of restrictions with single sign-on and multi-factor, et cetera, but our apps integrate with your common, your app config mobile device security vendors like Mobile Iron and AirWatch and BlackBerry Technologies and, and so on and so forth. So we've really taken security, hopefully, to the next level or at least a level that is sufficient for our customers at this point in time. One other plug that I'll make for the security is because of our cloud architecture, the way that we've designed things, is we can do a podcast today. In fact, we are doing a podcast today on security. If we were to do this podcast six months from now, we would have other information to contribute to the discussion because NetDocuments is continually evolving as technology evolves, as thoughts and, and cybercrime and cybersecurity evolve. We're flexible enough to where we can incorporate that into the NetDocuments platform and our, our customers can inherit that. That's, an, that's a great point, Mike. The agility, you know, when you talk about functionality and benefits of the cloud, Agility comes into mind. When you think about security, most people don't think about agility because it, it is something that is such a thorough process that comes into place that, you know, there, there's so many things, there's so many facets to take into consideration. Well, NetDocuments is able to have the complete security story and the agility. Because as new things happens, as new cyber uh, threats are posed, as, as new security requirements comes into place, we have the ability to have a platform that is agile enough to keep up and to actually stay ahead of a lot of those threats that are posed in, in, uh, in today's world. And that's a, that's a huge thing to take into consideration as you're, as you're reviewing your vendors. 
And then the last piece of this, just to kind of to, to, to close this off, have a nice little rounded conversation here is let's say everything has been met. Let's say, you know, authentication, you've proven you are who you are. But what about those people in your organization that should be on a need to know basis? Well, that's where the conversation of security design, when we talk about ethical walls, when we talk about optimistic and pessimistic security, designing a system within all of this amazing secured perimeter to design a system to make sure that even once everything has been checked, you are who you are, you still can only access the things that you're supposed to access. And Net Documents gives you a nice way to be able to design and scale your security walls according to your organizational needs. And that's something that should also not be taken lightly because of the requirements of ethical walls that come in place, because of the requirements of, you know, the different tiers within an organization that need to know basis is such an important factor. And all along, because of the way Net Documents is set up, you can have these ethical walls without the need of having more servers or having things segregated by different access points. It's all within this nice seamless system, but that security is as strong as if it was, if that content was on the other end of the world because of the way that the architecture is set up. And then on top of that, you know, you can track, you have the ability to know what are your users doing with full-fledged audit trails on every document and every container within the system? And then the additional way for an administrator to receive a warning. If someone is moving too much content out of the system and it trips that wire, I want to know. So embedded within this entire defense mechanism is your own ability to control and configure the system to meet your own security needs. That's a great uh, review of, of the security, Stephen. Hopefully our, our listeners got some benefit out of that and, and now can actually sleep at night and get some good night's sleep and, uh, and are comfortable about the at least preliminary security story of NetDocuments. Now, once again, there's lots of more detail on encryption, on data storage, on other security aspects of NetDocuments, but we just wanted to tease you a little bit and, and give you a good part of the security story that that are things that we can share. So NetDocuments does take security seriously. We understand it's your content, it's your lifeblood, and you are our lifeblood, that without you, we wouldn't be here. I think that kind of wraps up this middle segment of our podcast as we wind down for security, and we're gonna have a little bit of fun on our last segment, so hang around. All right, welcome to our last segment of the podcast. We're almost done, and this is the segment where we try to have a little fun, have a little bit of humor, and as we introduced in our last podcast, I think we're going to start doing a unique fact, a random piece of trivia, and these aren't just little nuggets of knowledge. Oh, no. We try to go the extra the extra mile just for you because we want to make sure this is worth your time. So our unique fact of the day is about something called kasu marzu. I hope I'm pronouncing it correctly. It's a cheese, believe it or not. It's also known as walking cheese. Now, here's where the fun comes in. This is a Sardinian cheese, so it's in Italy, that contains, are you ready for it? Live. No, I'm not. Live maggots. It's got live maggots in the cheese. And oh. 
this is a cheese that, that the maggots are actually part of the entire cheese process. And a, a head of cheese can have hundreds of thousands of maggots in there that are still alive as you eat it. In fact, they recommend that if you go find this kazu marzu and you're going to eat it, you might want to shield your eyes with your hand because the maggots have been known to jump up to five or six inches out of the cheese while you're putting it in your <laughs> mouth. Could you imagine eating this cheese and having a maggot jump directly in your eye? I'd rather not imagine that. That's a nightmare. So if, if you if you don't sleep tonight, I'm sorry. Here we are talking about security, so you have gonna you can have a good night's sleep, and then we bring this up. We just woke you up. We just <laughs> woke everyone up. The purpose of this was to make sure people kept coming back, not scare them away, Mike. Come on. Oh, but there are those Ugh. people that that love to say, "Oh, what's bad? What is bad that's going to happen?" I want to I want to hang around. So this is for those types of people. So this is a question I have for you, Mike, and I'll pose this to our listeners as well info at netdocuments.com. I wonder what wine would pair well with, with this Sardinian cheese. I, I don't even want to go there. <laughs> and you know, one of the, one of the things is, uh, so as I, I came across this little trivia, you know, I, I like to watch Star Trek. I've watched all the Star Trek episodes and this reminds me of that Klingon dish gah, that had the, the worms that were moving around as they would put the food <laughs> into their mouth. I think I'd rather have that than this because <laughs> at least I, I can see what I'm eating. Oh man, I I don't know if I can continue on this this unique fact much longer. Okay, <laughs> well then let's finish this up, Stephen. Let's uh, let's right. well, put our audience at rest. As, as the final piece here, it's time for the unique questions, the personal questions to allow you to get to know Mike and I a little bit better. So, Mike, I'm going to ask you my question first today. Okay. Okay. And I'm really looking forward to your answer on this one because it has you, you have to imagine right now that you were wrongfully put into an insane asylum. And I hope you're just imagining it. I hope it's not from past experience. But if you were wrongly put into an insane asylum, how would you convince them that you're actually sane and not just pretending to be sane? I talk about net document security. What insane person would know <laughs> that information? Oh, that's a good point. That's yeah. a good point. Although it's so advanced, they might just think you're making stuff up. You know what? Good point. I don't know. <laughs> how, how do you prove that you're sane to begin with? Do all of us have what? a little bit of insanity inside of us? I don't know. Oh, that's a good point. That's a good point. Okay. Was that a fair enough answer? I'll, I'll accept it for today. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so your question, if you were given a one-minute ad slot during the Super Bowl and you couldn't sell or give it away, what would you fill it with? Can I say net documents? <laughs> no, that has to be off the table. <laughs> oh, let's see here. A one minute ad space. I okay, so so me personally, I would try to get the nicest, craziest sports car and just film me driving it because then I'd get to drive an amazing sports car and then that uh, car company would get a nice ad. Brilliant. And more than likely, they'd be the one paying for the ad, not you. Exactly. I like it. <laughs> That's a great answer. I, I will accept that one. Perfect. And as a second, I, I might have a net documents bumper sticker as I'm there driving. Or maybe a, <laughs> maybe a pair of net documents socks. 
There you go. There it is. <laughs> and if any of you Great. out there in our listeners audience have a question you want us to ask one another, info at netdocuments.com. I think we could we can branch out a little bit if need be. Absolutely. Well, thank you everyone for joining and listening us uh, listening to us ramble on again about these fascinating topics. Again, as Mike mentioned, please feel to reach out with any request topics, questions you might have. Thanks everyone again for joining. And just remember, until we meet again, keep your head in the clouds.